Hey, this episode of the Adventist Millennial Podcast is sponsored by The Haystack. The Haystack is a voice for young adults in the Seventh-day Adventist Church that produces articles, music reviews, videos, and more. What's the and more? Well, you'll have to go to their website to find out. Thehaystack.org. The Haystack. Life. Culture. Theology. Okay, all y'all guys, this is going to be a short intro because I just have a really amazing, awesome, and kind of long interview that... I just want to get right to, but before we do that, I want to say my favorite part of these interviews is going back and editing them because then I can listen uh, without the pressure of wondering if I'm going to bungle the interview and just be like, yes, queen, to everything that they say. So enjoy. All right. Thanks for being here, you guys. I'm really excited to chat with two of my favorite Adventist content creators. Oh, I'm also sitting here talking to two of my favorite Adventist <laughs> content creators. And I, too, am sitting here talking <laughs> with two of my favorite Adventist content creators. Yay. This has been, you know, it's we it's been coming for a long time, or it should have been anyway. Um, so thanks for agreeing to be here. Um, and... What I like about this dynamic is we all have kind of different spheres in the content creation world. Yeah. Um, so just, I guess, to introduce, hopefully, fingers crossed, most people know who both of you are. But if you don't mind, just kind of give a brief, who are you? What do you do? Kind of thing. Yeah. So my name is Caleb Isley. I run Humans of Adventism. Uh, it's one of the many, many Humans of pages uh, basically, I talk to Seventh-day Adventists about their lives, and that doesn't sound all that interesting or different, um, but within the Adventist context, for sure, yeah. um, we end up talking with a lot of people about topics that uh, have been largely kind of swept, either swept under the rug or people have been uncomfortable with for a long time, um, just really experiences that people have had, their jobs, just kind of normal person stuff. Um, but it's, it's been really awesome. Uh, we have about 6,200 people following our Facebook page and yeah, it's, uh, very much, I mean, grown from, I mean, I started it from a work truck from my full-time job (laughs) (laughs) and it's, it's quickly grown into something that, that I do and is much more part of my identity now, um, than just about anything work-related in my life. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. And I think it's one of the more well-known sort of Adventist social media platforms um, of all, maybe not all, most of, of, usually when I refer to creators in this space, the most amount of people have heard of Humans of Adventism. That's, that's awesome. It's still surprising for me. Like today, Justin and I were talking on an advisory and I had prepared like 10 minutes of introduction to tell people what Humans of Adventism was. Mm-hmm. But I just asked like, do you guys already know this? <laughs> you know, do you have, have you have you ever heard of Humans of Adventism or know who I am? And literally like every person in the room raised their hand and 10 minutes of my preparation was just gone. Yeah. Like, oh, you know, <laughs> you know, I don't yes. know you, but yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Awesome. Uh, my name is Justin, Justin and I am a YouTuber. Uh, it's kind of weird to still say, but uh, I run a YouTube channel called That Christian Vlogger. I've been doing it for um, almost three and a half years, and uh, I make 
YouTube videos, I guess. I, I'm still trying to figure out exactly <laughs> what is the thing I want to settle in on for this next <laughs> season of life. Um, but up to this point, it's been a lot of videos on questions and answers, hotly debated subjects like the homosexual agenda and LGBTQA, like conspiracy, no, not really conspiracies. Uh, really, this is just actually having compassionate conversations with people <laughs> on faith. And even if they have differing views, what can we learn from each other? Things like that. And uh, right now I'm in the middle of a series called The Move, where we're going through entire uh, chapters and books of the Bible, doing it 10 minutes at a time. And that's been really fun too. Nice. Yeah, oh, I've seen thanks. a couple of them. They're awesome. Um, and I would say, e even though we are all Adventists and kind of in the Adventist space, your yours isn't as strictly targeted to Adventists yeah, as ours. Absolutely, uh, I do not really market myself as an Adventist too much on the internet. I've done maybe like one or two videos where I am explicitly Adventist. Um, the rest of it, you kind of have to pick up here and there. If people ask me, sure, I'll 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 finally confess that I am Adventist. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but I, I find so much more uh, life talking to people from differing perspectives and different worldviews. And so for me, yeah, I'm not yeah. super stoked about the whole echo chamber thing. And uh, that's why I appreciate both yeah, of your guys' right. content is you guys challenge the status quo, challenge the norms and cause people to think differently about some of the things that we've always thought about. Oh, I thought you were going to say. <laughs> no, I, I'm making new echo you, you very well maybe, but I don't think that's your primary goal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay cool well um we'll we'll plug your stuff again at the end so people can be sure to check it out um as they're heading off and inspired from our amazing conversation that we're about to have um and, but for now i wanted to chat with both of you guys because we're all kind of creators um in the online space and and there's been a I guess what you could call a <laughs> desert of creative space within the church. Um, and so I wanted to sort of get both of your perspectives on this. Um, first of all, I think it's safe to assume, but, but I'll just ask, do you, do you guys consider yourselves as quote unquote creatives? Um, and if so or not, why, or, you know, you know, when people refer to, Oh, those people, they're, I, I they're the creative. Caleb is definitely yeah. a creative individual. I don't know what he would identify as, but I definitely don't consider myself to be a creative. Mm. I, I, I'll, I will say I'm creative simply because enough people have been telling me that I am. <laughs> but I think people who truly know me know that I'm not. Like the, I have literally never taken an art class or any of those kinds of things. And um, I much more enjoy ideas and philosophy and some of the more nerdy stuff. Mm. And I have to do like, I have to put on the creative hat, mm -hmm. just kind of the nature of what we do. Um, but naturally speaking, no, I'm definitely yeah, not yeah. a creative individual at all. Yeah, that's that's not me. Really? I, I am for sure a creative. And and I actually have to stop myself from starting too many projects. I still do, but like I'm very much I think it's almost reined me in working within an Adventist sphere because like I wanna write fiction. Like yeah. I want to record like science fiction podcasts and I want to like you know I want to work <laughs> outside of what I think a lot of Adventists are comfortable with um but I've found yeah. a lot of that same satisfaction in what I'm doing specifically so I think you know I've just been able to find like a way to apply this within our faith context but just me personally like 
I, I am overflowing with these ideas and actually have to rein them in to do something productive instead of just start a hundred <laughs> things. And like, well, right. there are, there are people who have been following me for five or 10 years and things that I've been doing. And Humans of Adventism is the first faith-based thing I've done, but it's very much not the first public thing mm. or the first creative thing. I've done mm. plenty Plenty of other so now working for the church, you're like operating at a two or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> wait. So can you tell us? I mean, are you willing to share any of the? Sort yeah, of any embarrassing videos from like high school that you posted? Like, or... I'm not gonna promote those. <laughs> um, I did. I, I've been. I've worked as either a background or like a minor character on something like 35 different film sets. Oh wow! Um, yeah, I've been in I've wow. been in major TV I didn't shows. Realize, yeah. um, I've been I've worked for a newspaper in the music department. I I had a a fiction serial fiction uh, series on Tumblr that came out where I would just like write new chapters oh, nice. and I had you know not not a big following at all but uh, just like hundreds of pages of of fiction that I've written that I'd never finished or did anything with yeah. afterward. Wow. Kudos. Yeah. That's so cool though. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's but, really cool. But, yeah. You know, it's, it's one of those weird things where like, I always have this kind of background fear that like someone's going to be like, Oh, did you know that Caleb used to do this or, you know, and it's like, <laughs> they're going to do I, Like, I'm not afraid that I can talk to people about it, but it's just, I still like, I studied, like video games and and fiction in in college you know like i'm very immersed in like how fiction especially and and these different creative things like um coincide with our lives and our ideologies and so mm -hmm. it's a big deal for me but i also know that within the adventist context you have a lot of people who like really don't like entertainment just in general yeah yeah, right. Exactly. Um, and that's kind of why I wanted to talk to you guys about it, because <laughs> I think we've all had this struggle. And I, I kind of feel like I'm straddling in between how you both described yourselves, because I am very much um, analytical and ideas interested in, in stuff. But then at the same time, I also am a creator. Like I, I did college for writing and I've written a lot um, <laughs> over the years, not probably as publicly, um, but you know, should I admit this? I'll admit it. Um, the big reveal, you know, I, I've lived a lot in the mm. fan fiction world as a teenager. Um, no 50 shades of gray or anything like that, but, um, but yeah, I, I've always been driven to create things, write fiction. A lot of stuff that I did in college was like writing comedy and, um, specking TV shows and things like that. So I've always been driven to it as well. Just, um, because that's kind of what we do as creatives, but I've felt the tension too of like, nobody with an Adventism is really okay <laughs> with that. <laughs> and there's not really a place for it or a space for it, or even a, an acknowledgement of it. And so, um, this Adventist millennial thing is the first kind of really public thing that I've done. And it's been sort of geared, um, granted in a still controversial <laughs> I never noticed of Adventism. <laughs> but but yeah um what do you guys think is there a space or a place for creatives in the church um because I think we're kind of trying to create that but is it 
what we want it to be? Is there things we would like to change about it? Kind of what are your thoughts on <laughs> the outlook for yeah, people Yeah, I, I think like it us. really just depends on what you define as church. If church is the organization and it's a bunch of the old white men in the building far off in the distance, then maybe not. I don't think there's a lot of room for creative individuals at the present moment. But if you take kind of what Jesus said as the church, as like people like you and me and Caleb, then yeah, because church is whatever we want it to be. Church is whatever we make it to be. And I think that's a beauty of living in the era that we do with all the resources of technology and social media is that we can actually just do this without seeking permission, without seeking any, uh, you know, real, I don't know, like the approval of the quote unquote church. And so I think it really just comes down to your perspective. And uh, for me, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. I, I don't want to be one of the complainers or criticizers or just get complacent. I want to be part of making yeah. the change that I want to see. Yeah, I think church is such a weird thing and i know this isn't the question but it i feel like i kind of have two understandings of it or two dimensions that i'm working in i have i'm i'm very involved i don't know if you know this emily in my local church so i preach i teach sabbath school mm. like very very involved it, physically there um but my primary church family is online it's you guys. It's mm -hmm. people who are doing things that I interact with regularly, using their faith in interesting new ways, um, and really wrestling with how do we apply our faith in in a, con a context that we understand and know and love. You told me not too long ago that the internet was your church and that your church building was your mission. Exactly. And I thought that was kind of it, interesting. Yeah, that's how I've, I've learned to look at it. Mm. Um, but but like you're yeah. saying, within almost any local church, and I know we, we live in different areas or have, like I've lived in the Midwest and the South, and any almost any local church I've gone to, no, there is not space for creative people unless you are a great musician, using it for a very specific type of music, mm -hmm. <clears throat> you know, um, mm -hmm. but within the broader sense of church, within the online community, within kind of this emerging culture of church, I think there's not just space, I think there's a, a hunger for it. Mm -hmm. You know, we have seen in the past year, the podcast scene explode. We have seen like so many people, yeah. it's like they're, they're taking off the blinders, like, oh shoot, we can do something ourselves. Like, wow, I can apply this, this talent that I have or this love that I have and that I'm not gonna get shut down. You know, there are actually people out here that will support yeah. this and engage with me. Um, and I think just kind of visualizing this community that we have and finding ways to collaborate like we're doing today and like plenty of other, you know, things that we're, we've been doing is just um, we're creating space for that. Yeah, um, cool. Uh, well, I think that's kind of what initially spurred each of us into sort of the spaces that we each got into is wanting to see something like that sort of develop and grow to what you were saying earlier Caleb of the the fiction side of it we haven't yet seen that sort of sprout do you think it can do you think uh if in your you know the idealized version of what you could imagine how how do you think fiction could fit into it yeah I think you know, I'm, I'm just, I, I will take criticism for just the amount of, like, what I am willing to take in 
as far as entertainment is way beyond what you would think like mm-hmm. most Adventists will. Like I, I will watch mm-hmm. violent TV shows or like the more popular Netflix series, things like that. Um, and mm-hmm. while I, th- I do have like a pretty strong moral code, I also think there are things that they're doing that we could be applying as Adventist creatives that are really, really helpful. Um, I think I think there's going I think it's possible that this these things will develop. And the reason that I say that is the majority of people that I talk to um that are our peers or a little older Gen X or below us Gen Z, there are a lot of non-issues, right? There are a lot of things that are part of Adventist culture that we're dealing with that for the people who will eventually take over the church, that's not the issues that they care about. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that there definitely will be space. Just the fact that I'm willing to share this now in 2019 as an Adventist, <laughs> working closely with establishment Adventists, you know. Yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't feel free yeah. to do this even just five years ago. No, absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. You can definitely feel feel things sort of shifting in the last couple of years and, and um sort of spaces opening up and now we're just looking for you know people to fill those spaces for all of you people listening (laughs) um start creating the amazing fiction that we that we hope to see um forthcoming uh but this is also not just a problem within adventism it's i've see it as a an issue kind of within christianity as a whole um the the question of fiction specifically. which is really weird because there's a, a there's a rich tradition of, of fiction you know like c.s lewis case in point like right, yeah. the godfather of the whole thing was amazing and he didn't yeah. he he stood for uh orthodoxy in a certain respect not necessarily what adventists would look at it as but like he was a hero and yet he embraced fiction as one of the primary ways for him to communicate that truth. Yeah. And, and, you know, if you go back even farther than that, everything, all the creative spaces used to be for sacred purposes, you know, all the classical music composers, um, all the art that was created, all of the amazing, you know, sadly, uh, the cathedral at Notre Dame Mm -hmm. just burned down (laughs) this week which is tragic but everything that used to be in the art space was sacred at one time and now nothing good in the art space um is connected i feel with the religious community or specifically the christian community do you guys have any thoughts on why that changed or what we can do about Hmm. it Uh, i i was remember hearing somewhere recently that we got like married to the the specific methodology rather than the mission of the thing and so like take classical Mm -hmm. music for example um that was something that was you know fairly representative of pop culture at a time and it also represented church culture at the same time but then when pop culture shifted like i think people stuck to classical music as like some resemblance of the good old days some resemblance of you know, back when I was, you know, a young whippersnapper or whatever the case is. And so there's been this hesitancy to move. And it's interesting that hundreds of years later, that still tends to be kind of the argument. It's like, oh, you know, it's got to be classical music or something that resembles it in order for it to be good, wholesome Christian music. And I don't know why it's so hard for us to let go of traditions and and actually just embrace um, each of these different mediums as a form of communication. I think that we... I think the temptation when you convert to Adventism or Christianity 
or if you've grown up kind of like staunch traditionalist, um, you feel safer with a lot of rules, mm. right? And totally. so we become tied to rules instead of principles. And, and mm. kind of what mm. I was thinking earlier when we were talking is you can write fiction that promotes the exact same principles that we have. Like if your characters value like work-life balance or health, like, you know what I mean? Like you can have heroes yeah. or, or protagonists or something that are promoting the values that you care about um, without explicitly saying, I read the Bible. It told me to take a Sabbath. You know what I mean? Like God, God used yeah, these yeah. laws and things to describe the character that he had and how we could go about having it. But without the description, the truth is still there. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's, it's very confusing for me as someone who asks a lot of questions and doubts a lot of things about the church, like why people, they distrust the principles of God, right? Like they don't want them. They, they want a description. They want a manual. And when somebody actually understands the principles, they think it's like wishy-washy or flimsy or somehow uh, inferior to a big list of of rules. And so I think that when you get into art and creative space, you can't control it the same way. You Mm. will not always interpret it the same way as someone else. I mean, there's a lot of subject subjective things about it and i think that that scares people who have this sense of security in something that is pre-written and yes or no and black and white all the time yeah that's actually a really interesting point i hadn't thought about it from that perspective before but i think you're right because because we like to have this structural sort of safety net you could say of rules that sort of takes a little bit of a responsibility off ourselves where we can just follow the rule um, and not have to <laughs> think critically. Um, I think part of what makes art good is because it asks really hard mm. questions. And if part of your worldview or outlook is don't ask too many questions because that's dangerous, then automatically you sort of cut off the avenue to, to good art. Um and maybe that's part of what's happened. Another question I would ask is, uh, do you think that... Okay, I've spent plenty of time on this podcast ripping Christian fiction. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> my question, something that I've wondered for myself is, uh, is it possible to create fiction that is christian in the sense that like you were talking about it it upholds our principles yet isn't explicitly christian um is that uh would that be a better model or can we create explicitly christian fiction that is not essentially propaganda i mean is there is that something that you have to is it either or is basically my question we there's definitely a way to do it um, it's just that we have pigeonholed what Christian fiction is and made it so generic that, you know, it's, it would be easy to have even your kind of YA uh, book about your teenager struggling with some particular issue. You could write that same format and story that was just as good with someone who was dealing with the world as a person of faith, but we don't mm-hmm. because we don't like 
fiction, right? Or, or because we have to mm-hmm. cater to the publishers that only print a certain form of Christian fiction. And there are, there are things out there that no, people will reject as Christian media because it's popular. Um, but the, the characters are very clearly praying. I mean, being Christian. Uh, one example, mm-hmm. if you've ever watched uh, Angie Thomas's The Hate You Give, it's a pretty new movie. Um, it's a social justice movie very much, but the family is openly Christian. Okay. There has mm-hmm. been no coverage that I've seen by any kind of Christian media talking about it. There's there's no support for it. There's no one saying, hey, it's kind of cool that these characters are like praying before their meals and stuff, you know, because it does not fit. It fits in popular media and therefore it mm-hmm. cannot be Christian media, despite the fact that the characters are Christian. Um, and, and especially like the fact that they're just normal people. They swear, you know, they're all these things happening, but yeah, so do yeah. Christians, you know, this is the reality. Yeah. It, it, it's not the ideal that we, that is pushed, but like anytime you, int- what's that? And isn't that. Uh, anytime Sorry, you introduce anything that's kind of outside these very narrow lines, suddenly we can't have that as, as part of Christian media, even though that's exactly what we need. Yeah. It, it's frustrating how, yeah. how much I think we, downplay our our own ability to think through things and like mm-hmm. how everything has to always be spelled out for us like every theme has to be like like hit over the head with a hammer so it's so abundantly clear what the message of the uh, of the story was when jesus's model of storytelling was to tell a story in such a way that most people actually didn't get the meaning mm-hmm. like jesus's whole model was he would tell a fictional story aka a parable and most of the time people were like, huh? And so it was a cause for thought and discussion. <laughs> and because you had to actually interact with the thing, it became more personal to you rather than like, oh, this is what they want me to glean mm. via the story. Yeah. Um, do you think do you think that sort of uh rigidness goes both ways? Like Christians are unwilling to accept things that don't fit the mold of quote Christian fiction, and then also do you think it goes the other way of the the artistic or creative world doesn't necessarily like things that are overly Christian? I think that there's definitely some of that. Um, but I also think that there's probably a shortage of quality content that's presented and pitched yeah. because we've created this dichotomy between Christian fiction is this and other fiction is this. Or even even deeper than that, there's a dichotomy between who we are and who they are. Mm. And I know at least on our half of the equation, uh, a lot of us are very proud to be taught by people who are different than us, mm-hmm. uh, especially if that person is not a person of faith, let alone our faith. Uh, there's a huge aversion to be like, wow, I learned something from that person. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't have a Bible in their hand, and yet I learned something from them. Like, wow, mm-hmm. isn't that a novel concept? Can I tell? It was probably <laughs> yeah. a trick. So something interesting that happened to me, I went on a podcast called Conversations with People Who Hate Me. It's run by very liberal, um, out, gay, married man. Um, and it was interesting to me because I went on there and talked about Adventism to a completely secular audience and host. And yet the reaction to that was not like, wow, he's building relationships. It was a lot of people, like I lost a lot of followers 
I mean, like, it just, I could mm. see it drop off, especially on Twitter and things. It didn't get a lot of. From your yeah. Adventist following? or yeah. um, oh, It yeah. didn't get a lot of traction. A lot of people who regularly like my posts conveniently skipped that one. Uh-huh. Um, well, fooey on them. Well, you know, and, and I can't, I can't judge them too harshly, but at the same time, it's this weird attitude. Like, mm-hmm. as soon as I become associated yeah. with anything else, that is not worthy of uh, exploration. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's that's the frustration too for me is like you were talking about, um, you know reality is kind of stripped from um things in the christian or adventist realm in the sense that you know we can't deal with things that are happening in the real world because well that's not what ideally we would be dealing with in you know in righteous life or we can't have our characters swearing because that's not the ideal and so that's part of my problem um with what I see in the Christian fiction realm is stripping the reality from it in an effort to, to create this sort of, really, mm-hmm. it's a fantasy of how we wish the world was, yeah. but how yeah, it isn't and, really. And I think I spoke about this a little bit today, that this is part of why, though I am not good at what I do with humans of Adventism, it's, it's caught on because there's a real, yeah i know i was waiting i I want to interrupt on that here's here's what i mean (laughs) i am involved with a lot of people who tell stories i'm involved with a lot of people who run social media and do journalism and among them i am very low on the list of of skills honestly um i'm not trying to criticize myself i just know that that's true but at the same time i am one of the only people doing this kind of work Mm. and so I can easily see someone who's better at it coming in and, and quickly doing a much better job of it. The, the, again, not criticizing myself. It's just true. Um, but there is such a craving for who we are versus who we should be, mm-hmm. right? People mm-hmm. want to talk about mm-hmm. who we are first. And, and we each kind of have an understanding of who we think an Adventist should be that's a little different from somebody else. But I think we share this craving for like, okay, but I'm dealing with issues and I really, really hope that other people are too. Like, I really want to know that I'm not the only person who has questions and will probably continue to have questions and never come to the package conclusion that has been presented to me. You know, that's, that's just the truth. As a critical thinker on your own personal journey and your own personal study, you will not share every single belief that somebody else does just because you're told to you just won't yeah yeah but what do you guys think uh how can we encourage or continue to expand the the creative sphere that we're all kind of trying to uh help pioneer as we go forward what are some things um obviously keep doing what we're doing but what other ways would you like to to see it expand and, and how do you think we can help facilitate? Yeah, I think one of the, the coolest parts about being a creator in the online like sphere is that it's not, what is the, the term? Is it not a net, net or it's not a zero sum game or whatever it is, like where I must win uh, mm-hmm. and therefore you must lose. And in order for me to win, I have to like step over your dead body for that to happen. 
Um, the cool thing mm -hmm. about the internet is that, you know, a rising tide lifts all ships. And the better I do, mm -hmm. if I have an eye towards collaborating with Caleb and collaborating with, with you, it's like we can all actually lift each other up. And mm -hmm. so part of, part of it for me is to, is to intentionally look at everyone else in the sphere as an ally, not competition. I was literally having this conversation with Caleb on the way uh, here from, from our last meeting. I was like, man, if I do my job well, and I actually advocate for all the other traders that are out there because that's one of the major roles that I see myself playing in this thing. Uh, I'm, I'm going to like put myself out of a job because there's so many more talented and more capable people mm -hmm. than I am. Like on the filmmaking side, like I am still an elementary school kind of a thing, you know, on, on all these other things. Like there's a very real sense in which, you know, I'm not the expert in this. I just happen to be first to market. Mm -hmm. So if I do my job well, they're all going to be saturating the market. And I'm like, man, I got to develop some skills where I can have some sustainability or whatever the case is. But, but even then, like I'm pursuing that, that end goal as hard as I can, as fast as I can, because at the end of the day, it's not really about what I can do. It really is about, you know, this collective us and we as, as a church body, as a community. And so, you know, the idea of working with each other, supporting each other. And that's one of the things I love about, the online Adventist like creative space is that everyone seems to be, at least so far as I can tell, there's no clicks yet. Yeah. Uh, it seems like everyone's an ally of everybody else. And I, I really love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One, one thing that I've, I, I already had this kind of attitude, but one thing I've definitely learned practically from Justin is one way to create space is to advocate for other people. And whether that means going to church leadership and saying, Hey, this this person over here will never tell you this, but this is what they're doing. Like you need to take a deeper look at what's going on over there because that is like really, really awesome and valuable. And or maybe it's just, you know, collaborating like what we're doing, finding ways to uh, engage your kind of pool audience with mine. Um, but there there's so much value in advocating for other people. You know, I, I remember when I started. The, the haystack actually um the the writers for their blog were most of the first audience we had oh, they wow. were most of the first interviews we did and they were the people actually promoting our stories because we didn't know that many people you know and nobody was following the page but they were willing to help us out and all this time later i still remember you know what they did for me and i've actively looked for new podcasts new instagram influencers new whatever the case is, and been like, hey, how can I help you? Like, if I can't maybe put you on my site, like, can I tell people about what you're doing? Can I refer you to somebody? Can I get you connected? Can I speak highly of you to somebody you care about? <laughs> you know, like, whatever it is, like, there is a way for us to help each other. And I've just, I've seen this working in a relatively short period of time where we're really able to build each other up a lot. And you start seeing all of these threads weaving us together. You see somebody like showing up on one podcast and then it developing into something else. You, yeah. I, as a person who consumes a lot of this kind of Adventist millennial media, um, I start hearing the stories that develop over time, mm -hmm. uh, like your Raging Atheist story that keeps coming up and like more is added to it over time, you know? And, and as a person who listens to your interviews, I know the details that are added in each interview from your life, mm -hmm. right? And it's, it's really cool because, you know, we're, 
we're able to look at the human beings behind this content too and watch them grow and develop over time. It's yeah. Yeah, it's it's awesome. But I think I think advocating for other people is is a huge way that you can create a new space. What what I love about it also is this this doesn't have to be an Adventist exclusive thing. Like the yes. whole idea is that you you jumped on a podcast with this guy yeah. who's clearly not an Adventist and most likely not even a person of faith at all. And you're collaborating with each other and yeah. you're able to bring value to that person. And, you know, when I look at the, the life of Jesus, this is kind of what he did. He's like, hey, how can I help you? How can I serve you? How can I bring value to your life? It wasn't about what he could get from someone, but what he could give. And in in the kind of work that we do, you know, you can give a lot by, by doing very little of, as far as sacrifice on your side. How hard is it to hit share? How hard is it to connect and network someone? How hard is it to to promote someone that's doing some legitimately really dope stuff? Like it doesn't cost you very much at all, but it can mean the world to them. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a really good point. And I think that's something that could potentially be tapped into in a in a really cool way within Christianity that maybe um well maybe maybe or maybe not outside of Christianity is the fact that okay, for me as a creative, my focus most of the time is on what I'm creating, the craft. Um, but it's a good reminder, the the relationship aspect of it, of collaborating with other people, uh, connecting people with other people, and having that sort of, uh, you could call it um, altruistic way of promoting each other that maybe is, may or may not be as present in, in kind of a secular consumerist setting. Um, and if we can figure out how to sort of help facilitate that, I think that's really, that would be a really awesome thing to do. So that being said, that's why we're all here. And that's what I would like to do and now is plug both of your awesome um, uh, channels and outlets and platforms. Because uh, I love what both of you guys are doing. And uh, if anybody's listening who hasn't checked them out yet, you need to. Um, and Thank you very much. I, I appreciate that. That's really cool. Um, so if you go on YouTube and like literally just type in Christian YouTubers or Christian vloggers, there's a fairly strong chance that my channel shows up near the top of that list. Uh, the channel is called that Christian vlogger. And really, I, I think back to like when I was in high school, I was about 17 uh, years old or so. And I had just decided that I was going to give the whole Jesus thing, uh, 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 it's fair run for its money. I had grown up in the church, but was largely disinterested, largely fell asleep in like every religion class that I ever took kind of a thing. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Uh, but something happened in my life and I was ready to go all in. I was like, all right, either, either I'm going all in or I'm not. And if I'm not going to, I want to at least give it a fair shake. So now we can say, hey, been there, done that. And I'm done with that season of my life. Uh, obviously, I went down one path. Uh, but one of the problems I ran into was like, how do I navigate this thing? If I never go to seminary, if I never study Hebrew or Greek, how do I make sense of the Bible? And then like, how do I... Like not only make sense of the Bible as it stands, but then how do I relate it to my own individual life with these thousands of questions that are running through my head all the time? And so that's kind of what where my channel stands pr uh, presently uh, as far as what does it do for you is it helps you understand the Bible a bit better for yourself. And we try and tackle the very kinds of questions that people ask. And a large number of my episodes are kind of uh, viewer driven questions So you submit a question and I just do my best to share something that's meaningful and relatable and uh, practical and hey, it happens to be based on the Bible most of the time as well. So it's kind of what my, my channel is all about. Nice. So is YouTube the best place for people to find you? Or do you have other um, 
places that people Yeah, uh, YouTube is the number one. Uh, if you want to connect with me on a personal level, Facebook is probably the easiest place to do that. And uh, as of the last couple of months, I've been putting a lot more effort into Instagram. So it's not just like one photo every <laughs> six months or something stupid like that. Um, so yeah, there's a little bit more on Instagram too. Cool. Yeah, I, I would say that my primary place is on Facebook. Uh, so if you go to Facebook and you just enter Humans of Adventism, uh, that's where the most kind of thriving community is and, and it's home base for us. Um, we're also on Instagram at Humans of Adventism. Um, oh, I should have done that for mine, huh? At J Koo, J K H O E. I didn't realize I didn't do any of that. <laughs> <laughs> you you can find me on Twitter. That's a very different experience. Um, I like the Twitter Caleb. <laughs> Twitter Stay Caleb is pretty me. awesome. Don't look at my Twitter. <laughs> I, have, I have some strong opinions, um, but I also want to refer people to. Um, our press page, AdventistHumans.com slash press, because we've got a lot of great podcast interviews on there. A lot of, I mean, the local paper article covering us is in there. Um, Any kind of blog coverage or interviews or everything eventually lands there and is collected on our press page. So you can, you can see kind of all the different ways that we've, we've kind of got involved with other platforms and things like that. It's really cool. Nice. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you guys for being here. I really appreciate it. I love what you guys are doing. And thank you for helping trailblaze this sort of new space that we're creating. And um, in the spirit of continuing to break wider all of the taboos, <laughs> what is some pop culture that you've been consuming and liking lately? Oh, I can't. I can't talk about it. <laughs> well, uh, there's a half decent <laughs> chance that after this episode is done that we're going to go... Caleb's actually in my home right now with me. Um, but there's a half decent chance that we're going to go watch Shazam. So let, let's say Shazam. Yeah. Shazam, <laughs> yes. Okay, that's on my list too. I haven't seen I, it uh, yet, but that's... I can't list. reference what happened this week that I've been waiting over a year for. So um, oh. I'll, I'll instead... <laughs> I'll instead of promote uh, Overwatch. All you got to do is look at what date this was recorded and you'll know what he's referring to. I'm not that comfortable yet. Um, yeah, I, I, I would say as far as uh, entertainment, my wife and I love playing the game Overwatch on PlayStation. We love it. Nice. Yes. Cool. All right. So go play Overwatch. Go watch Shazam. <laughs> and then go to all of our social media and follow them. <laughs> Cool. Hey, right. thank you so much for having cool. us on, by the you. way. Uh, it really means a lot. And you've been doing some really awesome stuff. And I appreciate the way that you bring uh, another voice to the table. Uh, definitely a sarcastic one and a, <laughs> a cynical one. But that's the one that I love, honestly. That's why I was like, the first moment I heard your podcast, I literally texted probably like a dozen people. Like, you got to listen to this. This is exactly how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I, I think just for me... The fact that we have some diametrically opposed views and yet still manage to have a relationship that I can really appreciate. Um, It's, it's rare. And I really, uh, you know, I'm thankful that we can have that. I feel the same way because yeah, I agree. There are some things that we totally disagree on, but yet the things that we, um, can find camaraderie in are stronger than where we disagree Amen. and I really appreciate that cool this episode was not brought to you by Rice and I just wanted to come in and tell you because of my guilty conscience that last week was a complete lie 
last week's episode also was not brought to you by rice. Um, I'm ashamed to admit that I was strong-armed by big rice into promoting them, even though I don't believe in rice whatsoever, and my Filipino heresy is brought out when my grandmother asked me, how long ago did you eat rice? And I said, one month, and she said, I not go bastos, how you can go that long without eating rice? And I said, Grandma, big rice hasn't paid me off yet. Well, they still haven't. So I apologize. This is my formal public apology for the farce that was last week's brought to you by 